Welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we begin Avenging Kiss. It's the second book in the Savage Security series. Romantic and complex, this psychological thriller delivers twists and turns as you get a peek into each character's perspective. Readers are saying, This book has everything. Action, mystery, revenge, and romance. It's a great follow-up to Blood Kiss, and I can't wait to see what happens next. So get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 12 Aditya checked her appearance once more in the mirror. She fluffed her hair and added a little lip gloss, rubbing her lips together to smooth out the color. Grabbing her purse, she slid the strap onto her shoulder as she opened the door. The hotel was nice enough. She always stayed at a place that gave her a separate bedroom from the sitting area and the kitchenette. She liked having the space. Plus, this hotel catered to the white-collar worker on the business trip and families who enjoyed a little more room when they vacationed. Staying at the hotel gave her anonymity and the ability to disappear quickly. She didn't need to make friends or explain her absence. At a hotel, no one cared when she disappeared. Aditya exited the elevator and walked out the front lobby doors. As she cut through the parking lot, she looked around for anyone suspicious or who seemed out of place, and grabbed her keys from inside her purse. She hit the button on the fob, and the car chirped as it unlocked. Looking around, she opened the door and eased onto the seat. She pulled out of the parking lot and headed towards Logan's. Logan took a quick trip through his house to ensure that everything was in its place and put away. He really liked Aditya and wanted to make a good first impression. Even though they planned a casual meal of delivery pizza, he hoped that their night would end on a romantic high. He'd gotten a little taste of her yesterday, and he wanted more. Mojo barked and paced at the front door. The dog must have heard the slam of the car door as it closed. Logan recognized Mojo's behavior. They had company. Logan had worked last night after she'd left. He'd researched Eric James, digging into the man's past. He didn't look forward to digging into Aditya's past depending on how things went tonight, would decide if he mentioned Aditya to Cole. If he thought he'd see her again, he'd have to look into her background. He always felt bad about breaking the trust, but it's what they did. They took precautions. They recognized potential problems and dealt with them. But Logan couldn't fathom that Aditya would be a problem. Aditya pressed the doorbell, and Mojo's deep bark answered in reply. Logan's voice cut through the barking as he commanded the dog to stop barking and to sit. Being with Logan was the most pleasant job she'd ever done. She'd had to deal with chauvinists, sadists, and just overall disgusting men. Logan was none of those things. He was kind, funny, and brilliant with a dash of humility that gave him the appearance of confidence rather than arrogance. As the door opened, Aditya was greeted with a warm smile. She held up the bottle of wine that she brought and said, Special delivery. I have the nectar of the gods. Logan loved the way her face lit up when she smiled. Her cheeks peekened and her eyes sparkled. The dark color of her eyes mesmerized him. They reminded him of the melted chocolate at his favorite fondue restaurant. When she stepped into his arms, he welcomed the floral scent of her perfume. The fragrance didn't overwhelm, but instead lured him into her embrace. Tucking his face into her beautiful hair, he enjoyed the fruity smell of her shampoo. She pulled out of the embrace and gazed into his eyes. It feels good to be back in your arms. 
The sad truth was that she did enjoy his company. Too much. The feel of his body pressed against her, even in an innocent hug, warmed her. She enjoyed the warmth and hardness of his masculine frame. When she decided to stand up for women and put an end to men who hurt and dominated women, she hadn't taken into account the loss of physical and emotional affection on her psyche. She could see why Rhea gave up her independence for what she perceived to be love. It was tempting. The smiles and affection of a handsome, worthy man was a treasure that many women sought, but few found. Logan wrapped an arm around her and rested his hand on the small of her back. He wanted to hold her close. He wanted to kiss and touch her, but he also didn't want to rush things. Are you hungry? he asked. Famished, she whispered in his ear. She couldn't deny it. She wanted him. She wanted him like she hadn't wanted a man in years. She'd had lots of sex. Lots of bad sex. But she knew it wouldn't be bad with him. Even his gentle touch sent her body into overdrive. They walked into the kitchen with Mojo trailing behind. Logan handed her his iPad and opened the link to his favorite pizza restaurant. Take a look at what they have and tell me what interests you. Aditya rested the iPad on the kitchen counter and read the menu. It looked delicious, with the options of calzones, pasta, and pizza. I'm starved, she began. She noted that they listed fettuccine Alfredo as a house specialty. But she wasn't sure she wanted to deal with the mess of eating pasta drenched in a cheesy cream sauce on a date. She could imagine the long noodles draping over her chin and leaving her splattered with sauce. I love pizza. My favorite is ham and pineapple. Pepperoni and pineapple is good, too. The spice of the pepperoni mixed with the sweetness of the pineapple makes a great combination. He'd had that before, and it was good. Okay. Do you see any appetizers you want to try? I love mozzarella sticks, but they'll cool on the drive here. She tilted her head to the side as she studied the menu. The stuffed mushrooms sound good, she said looking up at him through her lashes. Sounds perfect. Logan grabbed his phone and dialed. As he ordered, Aditya wandered into the family room. She wasn't surprised by the large television or the awesome stereo system. He was a man of technology and gadgets. She also enjoyed the bits and baubles of science. They eased life in so many ways and transformed the world. Lives were saved through gadgets that regulated heartbeats and cleaned blood supplies. She stood at the bookcase looking over his books. He read a lot of nonfiction. Books on science and technology took up over half the shelf space. He also had a few political and psychological thrillers. She'd read several of the same books. Warm hands smoothed over her hips and rested dangerously low on her abdomen. His fingertips, while still on the outside of her clothes, rested low, right where her panties began. As he pulled her back to lean on his chest, warmth raced through her heart as her heart rate increased. Logan wanted his hands on her. He wanted so much more of himself on her. He leaned over and whispered in her ear, Dinner's on its way. She craned her head to look at him. That's good, because I'm starving. She leaned up and kissed him, sucking his top lip into her mouth. He moaned as she traced his lip with her tongue. One hand pulled her closer while the other charted a course for her breast. His hardness pressed into her as he pulled her flesh against him. 
as much as she wanted to explore his muscled body. She needed him panting for her, not the other way around. She pulled away from the hug and turned so that she faced him. Pressing her hands against his chest, she felt the thudding of his heart. She glanced down and noted the tinting of his pants. Men always responded quickly to her, and that pleased her. Men had trouble seeing reality once blood flooded to their smaller head. She glanced towards the couch. Shall we? He took the hint, taking her hand in his. Logan sat first and pulled her onto his lap. She wiggled, feeling his hardness under her. One of his hands circled low around her hip, while the other rested over her legs. How was work? Aditya traced the outer edge of his ear with her tongue. Her touch threw him off balance. All he could think of was the desire to be with her, to explore her body and taste her. He was glad she wore a skirt. That would make it so much easier to get his hands on her. He slipped his hand under her skirt and rested his palm on her thigh. There's not a lot to tell. I looked through a lot of code and studied schematics for a company that wants us to handle their security systems. What did you do today? Honestly, there wasn't much she could tell him, so she settled for a deception. I usually work from home, but today I had a meeting downtown. She found it best to keep a little truth in her lies. That tended to prevent problems. A client needs me to upgrade their system. I can do some of it remotely. She cradled his neck in her hand and brushed her thumb back and forth through his hair. You know how that is. She saw the hunger in his eyes, and she felt the burning of lust in herself. She leaned forward and pressed a kiss to his lips. She was surprised to admit to herself that she would miss Logan. Their time together would end, and she'd move on to her next job. Logan's hand snaked higher up her thigh as she deepened the kiss. His heart pulsed with the force and power that rivaled the pounding waves of a hurricane. As his fingers inched higher, the heat from her body encouraged him. He was good to go. He turned on the couch and laid her on the cushions. Pulling away, he looked at her as she lay before him. Her dark curls fanned out on the throw pillow, and her cheeks were flushed with passion. Mischief grew in her eyes as she stared at him. He watched as she slowly unbuttoned her shirt and peeled it away, revealing a white lace bra. Dark nipples peeked at him through the lace. Your turn, she cooed as she sat up and grabbed the bottom of his shirt. She ran her fingers over his toned abs as he pulled the shirt over his head. She liked what she saw. Most of the men she was with were fleshy or sported rotund bellies. But Logan was toned and cut. She knew she could ride him and enjoy the feel of his hard muscles under her hands as she levered herself against his body. She lifted her hips and undid the button and zipper on the back of her skirt. He followed her cue and slid the skirt over her hips and down her legs. Tossing the skirt to the floor, his mouth went dry. A dark pussy was visible through the white lace thong. The contrast pulled at him. He couldn't resist cupping her there, letting his fingers revel in her wetness. She moaned and her eyelids fluttered as his fingers massaged her. His touch heightened her desire for him and an ache built between her legs. She rocked into his hand, silently begging him not to stop. She wanted more of him. She stretched a hand out and cupped him through his pants. 
Take those off, she urged. The sweet pressure of her hand against him nearly undid him. He stood and quickly shoved his pants and briefs. He took a moment to appreciate the smile on her face. He was going to make sure that she did that a lot. Chapter 13 Hazim stepped out of the shower and wrapped a towel around his waist. Water dripped from his hair and beaded down his back. He wiped a hand towel over the mirror to remove the steam. A few scars covered his body. He may have escaped that night, but his body still bore the marks of the attack. A jagged scar cut a path from his left nipple to his hip. That one had almost killed him. He'd required antibiotics intravenously to finally obliterate the infection that threatened his life. The night of the attack haunted him daily. He'd been dealing with it for years now. The reality of how close he'd come to death strengthened his resolve and determination to destroy the infidels. In that attack, the Americans crippled teams of warriors, gathered information that they could take out other teams, and killed the love of his life and his unborn child. It had taken a long time for his people to gather the information on the men responsible, but they finally did it. Thinking back, he knew it was a miracle that he hadn't been killed. He'd been in bed with Rhea when she realized that she'd forgotten her lotion in the jeep. She turned her beautiful dark eyes onto him and whispered in her soothing voice, Would you get it for me? She'd traced her nipple with his nail and placed a kiss on his lips. He could not deny her. He'd gotten out of bed, eased his feet into his shoes and grabbed the keys to the jeep. The night was clear and stars lit the sky. The sound of men laughing and snoring permeated the thin plywood walls of the tents and filled the air. He'd gone to the passenger side door of the jeep and looked around. The lotion lay on the floor mat. He grabbed it and headed back towards Rhea. The rumbling roar of jets had cut through the air and turned his blood cold. Hazim had raced towards Rhea, but there hadn't been enough time. The bombs dropped and his heart stopped. The explosion rocked the ground and decimated the camp. He'd been thrown backwards. When he came to, large splinters of plywood protruded from his flesh. A bad cut sliced down his torso, and his blood seeped into the sand. Everything was gone. He'd focused his energy and stood. The world had spun and blood trickled into his eyes. He'd smeared the blood as he wiped the back of his hand over his face in an attempt to clear his vision. Stumbling forward, trying to block out the pained cries of the few survivors, he'd come to a stop where his tent had been. Only a smoky hole and burned-out fragments remained. Hazim had known the attack wasn't over. The men would arrive soon to finish the job. They'd collect their samples to confirm their kills and gather whatever technology survived. Hazim had staggered back to the jeep. The jagged cut down his torso threatened to down him. But he knew if he had passed out, he'd be captured. He couldn't let that happen. He knew too much. He clutched at his wound with one hand in an attempt to stem the bleeding. He jerked open the jeep door and slid onto the seat. His vision blurred as he started the engine. The engine roared as he floored it. The tires kicked up sand that mixed with the smoke in the air. Looking in his rearview mirror at the desolation, he'd promised to avenge Rhea's murder. In his search for justice, 
He'd utilize spies within the Afghan community and army to discover the team responsible for the cowardly killing of men as they slept. Then he'd hired others to root out where the team members now lived. Many had retired, and he couldn't believe his luck when he discovered that a group of them worked at the same security company. That would make his job so much easier. Tonight was critical. He needed to implement the next stage of his attack. He may not have had jets loaded with bombs to decimate entire villages, but he did have a sharp mind and a will of steel. Patience was also a virtue that he held. He could play the long con. He was an expert at blending in. Chapter 14 Logan, Aditya whispered. She placed a kiss on his cheek and spoke his name again softly as she caressed his shoulder. She sat up, clutching the bedsheet to her breasts. His chest rose and fell as he breathed in and out. She lightly drew her nail down his chest. Goosebumps rose in the path of her nail, but his breath remained steady. She'd slipped a small dose of sleeping pills into his beer when they'd eaten. They'd slowly knocked him out and would keep him out for a few hours. When he woke up, she'd remind him of their great sex. She stood and went to gather her clothes. Mojo followed her out of the room and down the hallway. The way the dog's blue eyes watched her, and then the sound of his panting. She wondered if he thought the naked female body was beautiful, too. She quickly put on her clothes and grabbed her purse. Logan's laptop sat on his desk in the office. She pulled out his desk chair and settled herself behind the desk, lifting the laptop screen. She knew hacking into his system would be next to impossible. The man's career focus was encryption and cryptography, but she could still spy on him. Old school stuff never really went out of style. She reached into her purse and pulled out a tube of lipstick, a plastic baggie, specialized tweezers, crazy glue, and tissues. She set the items on the desktop. After removing the cover of the lipstick, she rolled it all the way up. Then she picked up the tissue and wrapped it around the lipstick. She broke it off and set the lipstick and tissue in the baggie. Grabbing another tissue, she wiped the adjustable base of the lipstick clean, making the tiny slit visible. She stood the lipstick tube on the desk and studied the keyboard. This was the hard part. Which key to use? Considering he lived his life on the computer meant that he could possibly use every key on a daily basis, but she had hoped that the odds would be with her. Working her nail under the edge of the F6 key, she carefully pried the key up and laid it beside the lipstick tube. She peered into the tiny space she'd created when she popped up the key. The key retainer took up some of the area in the void, but there was some free space. She couldn't help but smile when Mojo set a tennis ball in her lap and looked up at her with expectant eyes. Oh no, you're not roping me into an endless game. She picked up the ball and dropped it on the floor beside her. Mojo cocked his head and whined. She chuckled and said, No, go lie down. She pointed to the doggy bed nestled in the corner of the room. Mojo took the tennis ball in his teeth and slunk to the oversized pillow. He rested his head on his front paws and gnawed on the ball, keeping his eyes on her the whole time. Instead of watching the dog, she needed to focus. She picked up the lipstick tube and her tweezers. Working the end of the tweezer into the tiny slit, 
she pried open the base. She set the tiny platform on her baggie, along with the lipstick. Smiling, she looked at the high-tech recorder that lay in the bottom of the tube. The dot was tiny, about half the size of a grain of rice. This recorder wasn't available on the open market. She'd done a favor for a friend of the family, and he repaid her with it. He was able to smuggle the recorder out of his workplace and give it to her. He was smart enough not to ask what she wanted to do with it. This little recorder would be her way into savage security. Aditya was a perfectionist, so this wouldn't be difficult. She had patience, too. She opened the crazy glue and squeezed the tiniest drop onto the top of the pinhead. Then she inserted the pinhead into the space where the F6 key used to be and left behind a small dollop of glue. Then, using the tweezers to pick up the recorder, she carefully placed it on the glue. This action threw her back to her youth with Rhea. They'd played Operation for hours. Their father finally removed the batteries because the buzzing was driving him insane. She smiled, remembering how life with Rhea had been. After the glue dried, she picked up the key and set it back in place. She pressed the key down a few times to ensure that it would press down and pop up correctly. She knew this recorder would only stay hidden for so long, but whatever information she could gather about the men at Savage Security and their jobs, the better. Aditya closed the laptop and stood. She gathered up her things, put everything in the baggie and placed them in the zipper pouch inside her purse. She moved the chair back in place, and after taking a quick look around to assure that everything looked the same way that Logan had left it, she exited the office and set her purse back in its original place. Mojo followed her from room to room as she made sure everything was how they had left it last night. Then she took off her clothes and dropped them on the floor where they'd been originally dropped. Mojo cocked his head as she stood there naked. She chuckled at his curiosity. Then she walked back to Logan's room and slid in beside him. She watched him as he slept. She liked him. He was a decent guy. She knew he had to be punished. But she could easily understand his perspective. In a way, he was a lot like her. He used his love of science and technology to rid the world of wickedness. The problem was, sometimes innocents get hurt. Logically, Aditya knew there was no way around that. Plus, she couldn't deny that her sister bore some responsibility. Rhea had put herself in the middle of a terrorist cell, which meant she was smack dab in the middle of a target. That was why Aditya had been working to rescue her sister. It came as no surprise when Rhea was killed in a bombing, but that did not ease the pain. Everyone knew the Americans were constantly searching for terrorist training camps. Aditya had known that she worked against the clock. She'd hoped she'd find Rhea's camp before the Americans did. Aditya had paid off low lives and desperate people in order to find Hazim's training camp. That thought irked her. Rhea hadn't lived in a training camp. She lived in a death camp. A camp full of men whose goal was to destroy lives and most likely sacrifice their own in the process. It made no sense to her. They existed only to bring destruction to their enemy. They didn't balance their evil with acts of goodwill. They didn't rescue people when a natural disaster hit or offer financial support to struggling nations. No, their goal was to unleash pain. Aditya had been hiding in the village the night of the bombing. 
She'd planned to get her sister out the following day. Rhea always went to the market on Monday. There would only be one man chaperoning her, and Aditya knew she could take him out. She'd be able to approach him, and he'd never even suspect her. Once she dealt with the guard, she'd forced Rhea to leave with her. She'd get her clean and help her get her life together again. But that wasn't what happened. The rumble of the jets had alerted Aditya that her time had run out. She'd raced to the window and watched in horror as jets dropped bombs that cut through the dark sky. The brightness of the explosions blinded her. She turned her head in response, but what had been left of her heart dissipated along with the camp. Aditya had raced to the edge of the camp. All that waited for her was destruction and the taillights of a jeep as it raced into the darkness. Someone had survived and hadn't waited around for the next wave of the attack. She headed towards the decimated camp, needing to see with her own eyes that Rhea was dead. The smell of charred flesh burnt its way to Aditya's lungs. She could taste the death in the air. She stopped and hid among a copse of trees as a team of men paced out of the darkness and into the camp. Aditya didn't hear them speak, but she'd known they were Americans. The heavily armed men wore night vision goggles as they stalked through the camp. They took pictures of the dead and gathered samples of their DNA. They would determine who'd been killed in the attack. She could only assume they'd seen the jeep flee. There were a few survivors that they'd finish off later. Aditya took their killing as an act of mercy. She probably would have done the same. The survivors' bodies were so badly burned that they would never survive. They would die where they belonged, in the ashes and ruins of their death camp. But regardless of the positive outcome of the destruction of the training camp, Logan and his co-workers were not innocent. Logan hadn't dropped the bomb or killed any of the survivors. He wasn't there to smell the burning flesh or hear the miserable cries for help but he'd watched from the sky. Aditya didn't care about the men in Hazim's training camp. Their deaths probably saved lives. She was smart enough to know that. But the killing of Rhea could not be forgotten. Rhea was more than collateral damage. She was Aditya's other half, her twin. I hope you enjoyed the reading for today. I'm excited to share this novel with you. It's one of my favorites. If you have not had a chance to listen to Blood Kiss, you may want to do that. It can be found in episodes 27 through 37. But don't worry, Avenging Kiss stands on its own. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye!